0: The Neon Confidential Podcast.
1: Is this thing on? (laughs) Welcome back to the Neon Confidential Podcast. Today, I am so stoked to bring you all the man, the myth, and the legendary Mad Max Crosby, arguably the face of the Las Vegas Raiders. Number 98 has made quite a name for himself on the field and was just ranked number 17 by the NFL and the top 100 players of 2023. And it is obviously well earned just from his impressive stats. But today, we uncover the man under the jersey, and really, he is just such a force. He has like this unique kind of calmness to his demeanor. And I think the only way you become that way is for. having the conviction to back it up through putting in all the hard work and effort so today we're stepping into the world of the nfl and into max's mindset that is behind his journey to greatness we talk about his rigorous schedule and anyone who knows me knows i love a routine and this guy out routines me maintaining productivity on and off the field his musical adventures with none other than post malone and the courageous decision that he made to seek sobriety which is coincidentally a journey i recently started as well and hearing and seeing how this man moves in this interview really made me feel inspired and feel confident about my own recent sobriety decision as well. You'll also hear in this episode that I probably do the least amount of talking in any episode for two reasons. The first is that I agreed so much with what Max says when he speaks and the way he thinks and defines what being a leader is and what being the best means, which includes outworking everybody in the room and sacrificing things that get in the way of that, like alcohol and commitment to bettering yourself for the greater good of a team. That sometimes I had nothing to contribute because I felt like he was taking the words right from my brain. I think Max takes his role on the field, honestly, like being an entrepreneur. And in business, one of the reasons that you got to outwork everybody is because you are leading a team. And so when you do that, you create this sense of like safety and stability for everyone around you when you are the hardest working person in the room or on the field in his case. I think that's one of those like invisible things, right? Like you're creating a sense of stability just by your work ethic on and off the field or in and out of the office, if that makes sense. And the second reason is that I could listen to this man talk for for hours. So I didn't want to interrupt him. I believe what he says because he believes what he says and he backs it up with his actions. I think that's such a lost art in the world today. And so it was an honor to be able to have this conversation. So with that, please welcome Max Crosby to the Neon Confidential podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Max Crosby to the Neon Confidential podcast.
0: Oh yeah! Thank yeah. you so
1: much for coming in. I appreciate it. Bro. Okay, so how was the UFC fight? Because we both went to fight night on Saturday. Yeah. And I knew you were there because they showed you on the jumbotron, <laughs> and right as is Trump is like walking past. Yeah. So what was that like for you?
0: Um, it was wild. You know, uh, I met him before. Mm-hmm. Um, just being with Dana, you know, Dana is a really good friend of mine. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. We've been, uh, we've been tapped in for a while, but, uh, yeah, we've, we've gotten closer over the years and, uh, yeah, Trump, I met him in Miami, uh, when he was out there. And so I seen him again and it was crazy. You know, the whole environment was wild. How so, did yeah.
1: you and Dana White become friends?
0: Um, so I've been a UFC fan since like day one. Um, mm-hmm. so I've just been a fan from a distance and literally when I got drafted to the Raiders, I knew we were coming to Vegas and I'm like, I'm not missing a fight. I'm going to go to all the fights. I can. And do you
1: go to all the fights?
0: I try my best to.
1: Have you seen the the slap stuff that he's oh, doing? Yeah. Power slap? I've
0: been at all those too. Yeah. <laughs> I've
1: been to all the the first time you see that oh, in yeah. person, it's like just hearing that like smack. is like very wild. It's a very wild experience.
0: It's crazy. Um, It's crazy, but it's entertaining. But yeah, Dana's like, me and him got real close. And then, yeah, just being around him, you meet a ton of different people and, It's yeah, it's a blessing. He's he's a really good dude.
1: Cool. So I want to talk about because I feel like, you know, you can look up a lot of information about you. (laughs) I don't know if you know that. Yeah, Um, a little bit. But there's not a lot of stuff on like your background. So the first time and like just to tell kind of our audience, the first time that you and I met, we were at the Flanker Grand Opening. Yeah. And we had to have you hold a cheeseburger. (laughs) Okay, yeah. you remember that, yes. Yeah. And and you're holding this cheeseburger, and there's all these like photographers that are taking your picture, and there's a crowd that's around and everything. And I think I said, "Can you take a bite out of it?" And you said, <laughs> "Yeah, it's not Saturday," and it was like, in yeah. fact, Friday. Um, and and I'm like, "What?" And you're like, "It's not my cheat day." And so at that moment, I was like, "This dude is so disciplined." Like. Because even just like one bite of a cheeseburger, I'm like that. Like <laughs> that. Ha- that discipline. That drive. I feel like you can't. Um, you know, people can aspire to be that way, but it takes like being that that person from the very beginning. So, would you say that you've always been a disciplined person? Like, how did you grow up? Let's go all the way back to the beginning.
0: Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. Honestly, I've really had to learn how to be disciplined. I've I got an obsessive. Personality in general, but um, I've been like I, you know, I've talked about publicly. I've been sober completely for over three years, and I have a very, you know, obsessive, addictive personality. So like, when it comes to good things or bad, like in the past, I, you know, had a lot of things like drinking and smoking and doing all that. And like, once I, I can't just have one beer. It was always, you know, above and beyond. And so for now, like these past three years, I've really tapped into my addiction on a positive level. So I, you know, when it comes to training and eating, like doing everything the right way, like I'm using it for a positive. So like something as small as that, you're making fun of me and we're laughing, but like literally one bite out of a burger, I want to smash some food after that. You know what I mean? So like I'm religious about like being on point and being, you know, sticking to what I do because that's, you know, my brain works one way. Like I'm either all the way in or all the way out. So I took my, you know, my nutrition, my training, everything, I take it so serious, but That's where I've gotten where I've gotten because, you know, I'm obsessive about it. In just three years, like I changed my whole life and I'm 25 years old and like I have so much more stuff I want to accomplish. So that's why, you know, I've gotten paid. I've gotten, you know, I've had success and things like that, but that's not my goal. Like I have so many bigger goals that I want to achieve and, you know, I have to stay dialed in no matter what. So you stopped drinking when you were 22. 20. I think I was 21 actually. Yeah.
1: And so did you feel like if you have that addictive personality, did you feel like it was like an issue or were you just because of your athleticism and your sport you like recognized it quick was there some sort of like rehab involved or you just you were like you know what this isn't working I'm gonna cut it off
0: yeah no I had to do the whole the whole deal I went rehab sober living all that
1: what caused that was there like a big wake-up call that you were or was did you have like a your friends and family were recognizing it
0: oh yeah honestly it was just like it was me, like literally waking up, like feeling terrible. Looked myself in the mirror. I'm like, this is just not gonna work. You know what I mean? I can't keep doing this. And yeah, I basically I hit up everybody close to me. I'm like, listen, I need to, I need help. And it was the best decision I ever made. You know, going out to rehab. Went to L.A. Did my rehab there in Hollywood. Um, and then I moved to like a sober living for a few months. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just died on it. I mean, it's me
1: it's really aspirational because at that point and like you and i didn't know each other but like i also just decided to stop drinking yeah um and it and it was just again there was no like smoking gun thing that happened it's just that like alcohol is so accessible and it's such a part of like our social identity it's like how yeah. everyone kind of comes together to congregate and like hang out there's always alcohol involved especially here in vegas yeah. um and so yeah it was like one day i woke up and i was like you yeah, know i'm just really tired of being hung over and what's crazy is there's like there's science out there now. Like it's available, like there's you know, podcasts and people that talk about this where alcohol is not good for you at all. They're even saying that like the how they said there was like a health benefit to drinking like wine, yeah. um, you know, it's good for your heart health or something, they like axed that out too. So it's yeah. kind of one of those situations where the same thing with cigarettes, right? They used to be in like <laughs> ads, like people like smoking and that's yeah. how you like looked cool and they're like, cigarettes are bad for you. So that stopped. But now it's like um, Gielsen and Doc Eamon at all.
0: I've heard of him. Yeah, I've seen a couple of those. He's yeah. done
1: like hundreds of thousands of brain scans yeah. and he's like saying alcohol is bad for you. So for me, it's like, if I'm ingesting this knowledge, yeah. like I feel like it's just pure stupidity to continue like poisoning your, your brain. You know, it's like, yeah. it, especially for you guys, you have to be so dialed in with your, the work that you do that it's not good. It's just any amount of it's detrimental, but there's not a lot of, athletes that abstain so I think that that's really inspirational
0: no I appreciate that yeah Yeah. and you're 100% true like 100% right about that like it's not easy like to not drink and do all that like I'm not gonna sit here and be like yeah life is super easy it's like yep I just put it down and it is what it is but like I have such a great team around me and I have a routine just like my football routine my training my eating like I gotta have everything dialed in and like for me, that's my personality. That's how I operate. Like I need to be, I'm either all the way in or all the way out. And so I know it takes a lot of my, you know, a lot of my energy, a lot of my time to do it the right way, but I know what it does for me in the long run. And I have goals that are not normal to most people, but like I'm chasing that every single day. So I can't just do what everybody else does. I can't just go out and do, will go drink and then try to operate and be good the next day. It's like. I'm not taking those steps back like I used to in college. Like I was a good player in college. I was a good player in high school. But I wasn't at the level that I wanted to be. And like now I've gone, you know, as a player, I've taken my game to a whole nother level and just three years of doing it like on point, everything right, like and that's what's, you know, pushing me to even do it harder and do better. And like this off season I've done, you know, how can I find that little one percent I can get better at? And I'm just seeing the goals like I'm PRing and everything in the weight room again and like most of the guys are in their fifth year like trying to just maintain and do it. It's like, no, like I'm hitting new things and running with DBs, like the smallest dudes, fastest dudes on the team, I'm running with them, challenging myself. Wow. And that's just what I try to do. Like I really like- You're running with the
1: with smallest them. dudes on the team. Can yeah. you just, can you say like your height and weight for everyone that is listening? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm
0: six, 260. <laughs> so like you see my my big ass running like a deer a hundred miles an hour, but I'm really up there in the front. like. But I'm not, you know, it's not to brag or whatever, but it's like, for me, like I need that challenge. Like every single year I try to find something different I can challenge myself with. And like, even with boxing, like I box all the time now.
1: It's um, such a good workout.
0: Yeah, it's incredible. And like, that's something I do. Like I went in with a UFC fighter, Sean Strickland is a top five middleweight. And we legit sparred each other. And he was cracking me and I'm cracking him, but like put myself in situations where I'm not comfortable. And uh, I'm doing that on a daily basis. And I just, you know, that's why on game day, it's like, I'm at peace because now I have nothing to hold me back. In practice, I can't go and lay people out. Like, it's like, okay, now I'm ready to go. I don't have any restrictions. I can just go be me. And so you're like amazing. showing
1: up as your best self consistently, like every single time.
0: Yeah, it's the best feeling.
1: And so you're one of the best defensive end players in the league. And so what are your goals? Like right now, if you're like saying you're progressively every single year, you're getting better. Like, what is your goal for this next year, this next season that's coming up?
0: Yeah, you know, for me, I kind of go off themes, like, every single year I have a theme for the off offseason, of what I want to accomplish, um, and I'd never put a number on anything. Like, I want this many tackles, this many sacks, uh, but for me... Why is that? Because you think you're going to, like, jinx it, or...? Well, because I, I really don't think success is measured off of numbers. You know, there's a lot of guys that have great numbers, but they're not complete players. Like, they can sack the quarterback, but they can't stop the run, And you know, this is you probably. I'm probably talking.
1: No, no, know, no. I'm. Come on. I was, a little
0: too much. I was a cheerleader. I like. Yeah, you know, someone we, we had
1: totally. About, we right. had to like memorize like the, the our cheers for like based <laughs> on what was happening on the field.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hold that line, D. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. But you know, in the most simple form, like, I never want to put a number on it. I want to be the best complete player I can be, and most disruptive player I could be. So
1: I'm with you. Like, I feel like overall that you should be yeah. the most well-rounded you could possibly be because it's only going to make you better and like the your position yeah. but do you think that like how does that work are there some players that are like no i don't want to be well-rounded i just want to be good at this
0: i don't think it's necessarily that like they don't want to be the best version of themselves but at the end of the day like there's a very small group of dudes that are elite you know at what they do from every position and for me like you know i'm in the conversation of all right there's five six guys like these are the best and that's where i want to be but now it's like how can i take that next step and you know, for those guys like that talk about it, there's a lot of guys that talk about it. It's in business, it's in anything. Like you can say, yeah, I want to be a millionaire, I want to do this and all that. But if you're not doing it consistent, like on a daily basis, you're not gonna get it. And like I've been on both sides. Like early in my career, when I was young and I was still partying and doing that shit, like I wasn't the best version of myself. I believed in my head, like yeah, I want to be the best, but I was still going out and bullshit and then hung over on Monday, and it's like doing that i'm taking steps back and i was never able to fully reach my potential and like i still haven't reached my full potential but like i know what i'm doing is working and like not everybody's like that not everybody thinks that way like you got to really put the work in and it's really hard to do it every single day like guys can do it for a month three months whatever but like if you do it for years you do it three five seven ten years like then you look back and you just you're accomplishing all these goals and they don't seem like it's not like oh my god he's i'm doing it it's like no it's just happening because that's what I do that's what I am you just live it every single day
1: and you're like it's long term like there's yeah, so many so. people who are just will give up a long-term goal for like making something happen in the short term which is like how alcohol and everything ties into that yeah um so that's great like I get like I said when I first met you I could tell you were just like dialed in on a different on a different level because anybody else would have been like well you know I'm here and there's people taking pictures of me I'm just gonna have one bite. Yeah. And the fact that you're like, nah. <laughs> no, I was like, damn, like, but I, I respected it though. Yeah. Even though, you know, we got to get you back into Flinker flanker and actually eat one of the burgers yeah. that you were holding. Saturday,
0: Saturday nights. Yeah. Saturday <laughs>
1: G- day. Yeah. So how did you get into football? I've seen some of your stuff that you post on Instagram and you've, you play basketball as well. So like, how did you like get into sports? How did that happen?
0: Um, so my dad, you know, my dad was, he played football and basketball as a kid. Um, That's something that I fell in love with since day one. You know, everybody has their own passions and what they love. Like from day one, I was obsessed with sports. So I started playing basketball in first grade because that was the first year they allowed me to play. And then second grade was the first year I was allowed to play tackle. So I've been playing football since second grade. And- uh,
1: Were you always like a big person <laughs> i'm like i guess no. you can't say a big man when no. you're like in first no. grade first but grade. were you taller than everybody else in your no. grade levels no no, I no was
0: way a late bloomer like i was a short chubby like kid. no i swear to god all the way up until like my junior year in high school like even in my senior year of high school i was like a big baby like i didn't grow into my body until like late like i was still growing and like i feel like still in puberty like when i was early in the nfl i didn't even have a beard in college i was i looked like a what? different human
1: like you could not grow a beard in college
0: grow a beard nothing just no. as like if you see me i swear to god <laughs> if you see me when i was 18 you'll be like that i don't know who that is so basically don't pull up a picture please i mean
1: i'm go- i'm gonna now like, when I'm like, actually, pull this clip for the podcast, guys, and then oh, we'll like,
0: it's <laughs> over
1: Okay, so you, what, you just blossomed around like 19 or 20? Like, was it like one of the things where, like, you know, like the movies, the girls go away to like summer camp and they come back and they like grew boobs? Like, yeah. was that for you? Like, you just showed up and they're like, what happened to you? Like, 100%. You
0: just... It was like, I changed. I grew like three to four inches going into my last year of high school. So I was literally like, my body hurt, my knees I was hurt. Gonna like,
1: ask that. Does it hurt yeah,
0: your joints? I was messed up. So like my senior year, like I was a shell of myself. But I had potential. Like I was skilled. I was big. But I really didn't know like what I was doing. Like my body, I was just trying to learn my body and like grow into it.
1: This is so, so it took wild. A
0: long time, yeah. So like I didn't get recruited. I had one offer out of college, you know, or out of high school. Like Eastern Michigan was my only offer. I'm Damn. a fourth round pick like i really had to like earn everything I've got so like that's what makes me like appreciate everything I have because I had to earn it.
1: So and we've like touched on this before like I've always been short so I don't really know what you're talking about like that yeah. sounds wild to me yeah, <laughs> that crazy. someone has to like relearn their body it's like a freaky Friday thing you know yeah. but is everyone in your family tall? Like did did your parents know that was gonna happen? Like for instance, this is actually a very like funny story, but since we're gonna put a picture of you when you're 18, I'll tell an embarrassing story for myself. Yeah. So I went to the doctor like for a physical when I was in like fifth grade and they yeah. said because my feet were so big that I was gonna be taller.
0: Seven feet tall.
1: But instead like I just have big feet and I stayed short.
0: Wow, um, <laughs> so... yeah, no, there's... I but think it... everybody's different though. Like. <laughs>
1: But it really did help with like, you know, beam and everything. Cause so My feet are more like long. So I could like, I feel like I had more like grip or more traction. But I also was very short. So I could like whip around faster and stuff. Yeah. Wow. So we talked about that where it's like a chicken or the egg concept. Like, did you become good at sports because yeah. of like your build? Or do you think that like you were always good at sports and then you just shot up? And like you said, you had to like adjust and you just kept that athletic ability
0: um that's a good question honestly yeah i feel like it helped when i was less athletic like i had to have skill Mm -hmm. like even in basketball or football like i always had like natural like skill when it came to even like as a bigger kid like i was a chunkier kid but i knew how to dribble and shoot the ball and like when i played football when i was younger i wasn't the fastest kid but like i knew what to do with the ball in my hand so like there was different things that i was better at but I always, you know, I feel like helped me the most was like playing all the sports. Like I played basketball first and I played football. I tried baseball, I did a little wrestling. Like now I still like box. Like I try to do as much as I possibly can because I feel like that's what, you know, a lot of kids nowadays, like you'll see dads like try to live through their sons and oh, okay. You're only playing baseball. You're only playing football. Yeah. And like the kids like end up hating the sport cause they're just, that's all they know. And they get burnt out. Like for me, my dad never forced me to play a sport. He was just like, play whatever you want. Like, he, I love football. Like for me, I never was told, like, I wanted to play when I was in first grade, but they wouldn't allow me. I just love football. So, like, I feel like you just got to let your kids figure out what they like and like just go from that
1: so football is your favorite sport
0: oh yeah for sure basketball is close but football is the best
1: okay sure. and so let's talk about your your legends and this will also tie into your new ink that you just got who are your athletic heroes growing up that you that you looked up to
0: yeah um honestly you know you talk about the tattoos i'll start there um i didn't grow up you know being a huge kobe fan or a huge jordan fan i kind of once I got, you know, few, honestly it was a few years ago. Like once I really started tapping into like, I'm going to be the best at what I do. Like I started studying the greatest athletes of all time. So Jordan, Kobe, Ali, the you know, the Mike Tysons, the guys like that, that really did it different than everybody else. That's kind of, you know, what I try to tap into is like, all right, I'm going to study these guys, like literally watch from start to finish, no matter what it is, interviews and everything. So that's what kind of you know inspired me to be different than everybody and like not be uncomfortable being different like i don't carry myself like everybody else like when i'm on the field like i'm in a whole different space like i'm chill laid back when i'm at the house and do whatever but like when i'm in the zone like i'm training football like i'm a different person
1: describe that switch you have to hype yourself up before you get out on the field or is it like as soon as you step on you just become
0: honestly Like, especially on the field, like, I'm super competitive. So, like, no matter what it is, I could be playing video games or it could be the most simple thing I'm trying to win. I don't care if I'm going against kids or whatever. Like, I'll do kids (laughs) camps and I'm out there catching balls, (laughs) catching touchdowns or whatever, but, like, I can't, like, it's almost, like, when I was younger, it was to a fault. Like, if I would lose, like, I was a sore loser. Like, I would want to fight if I lost. And, like, my brother was, I have an older brother, and so I was always around his friends and competing against them, they would beat me or, like, my brother was always bullying like beat me up in sports and I would get so mad but I would like I would fight back all the time and I wasn't big or anything like that at that time but I was so competitive and that's something I was just born with like I literally, so competitive in every way. Well, so and that's like a
1: built-in it. training camp too. If you have like an older sibling and you're trying oh, yeah. to keep up with all of them too, it's almost like that already gives you a leg
0: up. Yeah, it was it was tough. Like my brother was super hard on me. Um, I still, you know, mess with him about it to this day, but like I appreciate it now because like I don't, that's something I feel like I, as far as like being tough, like in dealing with real like adversity and like going through, like I've been through a lot. Like my brother was hard on me and always made it difficult but like i appreciate it now because like i don't i'm not scared of anything like i love challenging myself and being in like uncharted waters like i love that like i live for it and like the biggest games and things like that when you it's supposed to be the hardest and most pressure like i'm at my absolute peace do because, you play yeah do you
1: play like board games <laughs> like thinking hell, of like on. things that you could like <laughs> no. be really why? <laughs> are you afraid you're gonna lose
0: i'm like i'm <laughs> probably i like playing playing things i'm good at so like even if it's video games like i'm playing 2k like something that's competition like i love I it i feel like
1: board games are competition
0: yeah but it's different like i can't i can't fully like i like physical like okay playing like contact I have, stuff. like i have physical like I could determine what happens in the game. You know what I mean by my hands and feet and everything. Got you. Yeah, it's different.
1: So, okay. So you said Kobe Bryant.
0: Yeah, Kobe and who else? Kobe and MJ are my my two favorites when it comes to just overall mindset, work ethic. And the last dance, like that, changed my whole life. Like, and I didn't even talk about that. But like, when I say the last three years, like I'm going into my fifth year in the league. My first two years, like my first year, I was still drinking and doing all that. I had some success. But my second year with COVID hit, I was coming out of rehab. Like I wasn't, I had, I like took a step back in a way and I wasn't the player I was wanting to be. I was battling injuries. And like after that year I had to get surgery, my shoulder, you know, had to get repaired. My hand was broken the whole year. Like I had to get that fixed. And then I literally went to LA. I was there for three days and I was waiting to get surgery. And I watched the last dance from start to finish. And I was like, I'm going back and I'm changing everything. Like I'm gonna go to the nutritionist, the strength coach, like. I'm doing it the right way. I don't care. Like, I don't want to be a good story. Yeah, he went to Eastern Michigan, you know, had a decent career. Like, no, I want to be the best. Like, why not me? There's those guys, like, that change history. Those dudes literally give it everything they have. And like, why can't it be me? I don't, I don't understand why people, more people don't think that way, but it's hard as hell, but like, you asked, you know, I don't just talk about it. Say I do this, like, if you walk in the building and ask my coaches, the GM, I don't care who it is, the janitor who's in the building the most, who's the first guy, who's going hardest practice, like, I guarantee you they'll save me. And, like, I say that with confidence because I do it every single day. And, like, that's what I want to do. I want to be the best at what I do.
1: There has to be truth behind that because you said it with so much conviction. And actually, when you were talking about um, that you went and studied, you know, all these legends and these people who are aspirational for you, I was just thinking that. I'm like, God, these days it's so easy to do that, too, because they have documentaries. Yeah. And, I mean, that's what they're there for, right? And... The other part of that is i feel like we live in a society now where people don't idolize athletes like they used to yeah like you know in the 80s it was like whoever's on like the wheaties box or and like olympians and those people were like who people idolize and so now with this surge of social media and there's like a lot of people who i wouldn't say that they don't have talent but certainly not like athletic ability (laughs) you know it's like i don't want to like dump on anyone but it's I, real, but I do think yeah. that like, it is the hardest thing to do to be a disciplined athlete. Yeah. Um, because you, it's like a, it's a grind, you know, 24, seven, you're constantly like putting your body, uh, and your mind through so much, um, in order to achieve, you know, a, a result, like comp- a competition, like you said.
0: Yeah. So no, I think, I think you're right. Like, honestly, I feel like nowadays, especially like the kids see all the TikToks, Instagram, all that stuff, but. They think like success is okay. I can make a video, go viral, get a bunch of money, and I made it. And that's like kids have that goal now. Like it's crazy. Um, But for me, like that's not how I was raised. Like my dad to this day is still hands and knees working, like hard as hell. you will do that till the day he dies. Like that's how he is. My mom was started working when she was ten years old and had to earn everything she had. She's an immigrant. Like came over from Yugoslavia totally different background, but they are workers. Like my grandpa's 80 something, and he's still trying to work. Like they're all like that. But nowadays, like, I feel like things are so much more like Instagram and all that, like people think it's reality and like most of it isn't. And then like, I try to, like you said, like athletes for me, you know, people get, sometimes athletes get a bad rap. They're like, oh, he's just athletic and God bless him. So that's why he has the success. Like I was like just giving it, but like, if you really see all the best athletes, the greatest ones, like they're different than everybody. And you have to be able to take all the heat from the media. You got to work relentlessly all year round to have your body go through hell basically. And it's like, and not, it's not stopping. People don't even understand that, but the guys that really put in that work, like you have that mutual respect no matter what sport it is. And like, that's why I like being around, you know, the John Jones is like at, at your event, like.
1: You guys looked like you were like them. long lost brothers. Yeah, like and I, I think that's what you're talking about. Like you yeah. had this, like y'all both recognize that kind of like fire in each other
0: no for sure and that's you know no matter what it is business as well like I love being around Dana and just shadowing him and like going on trips with him and seeing how he moves because like I want to do that in every phase of my life like i don't care what it is i want to be 50 moving like dana you know what i mean i don't want to be just a retired player not doing nothing
1: and not a lot of people have those opportunities like i feel like you can be an athlete your whole life and be recognizable but unless you're not you know you're not people aren't seeking that out like you are like you can tell that you're you want to be influenced you want to have good mentors so with your legends you got them all tattooed on your Mm -hmm. body can we talk about that
0: yeah, it was, uh, it was a process. You know, they uh it was two days. They knocked. How many people?
1: Out. Like, five we need to get people. granular with this. So you had five people. people yeah. Tattooing what your chest, stomach, yes.
0: torso, literally everything. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure the camera, the camera can get camera, that.
0: I got blasted.
1: So yeah. and and po- no, do it. Like point it out. Like what's what's where.
0: Let's see. I got my daughter. Yeah. Here, I got MJ, oh. Ali, Kobe. I got roses and diamonds. It's like my favorite thing.
1: And then, so, be then be legendary. And then you got the Texas on there.
0: Yeah. The Texas, that was the day when <laughs> I was there before. So yeah. had a state. The
1: only person from Texas that doesn't listen to country music, yeah. but I digress.
0: Not at all. Yeah. No, no. We are, yeah, we had this discussion, but yeah. Um,
1: and you grew up in Dallas.
0: No. So I originally am from Michigan. I lived in Michigan until I was 10. Um, then I moved to Dallas, the Dallas area, DFW, um, going into middle school. So I went to middle school, high school out there.
1: And do you feel like when, cause you're also talking about the way that your parents brought you up, what did your parents do for a living when you were growing up?
0: So my dad, he was in a mortgage uh, business when I, when I was younger, um, my mom took pictures and now my dad, you know, he started his own, like his own business. He was doing like tile, uh, tile removal and, you know, cl- like floors basically and like demolition stuff. And now he's doing like power wash stuff and doing all different types. Like he's a hands-on type of dude, but he's smart as hell. Right. Um. But he didn't love that more. You know, he didn't love the mortgage world. And like at that time, like everything went downhill, like in 2007. So like we ended up coming to Texas. We lived with my grandparents um, for a year. And then we ended up staying in Texas and everything. And my mom, you know, she was taking pictures. You know, she was working. She was working as a waitress, like even when I was in high school, like trying to They were just working, trying to keep everything afloat, make it, like, not, the kids not feel it. And, like, they always found a way. And, like, that's why I always, like, you know, appreciate them for for doing that.
1: I feel like that has so much to do, too, with how kids grow up. Because you think that, like, you don't realize what's going on, but you're able to see that, like, they're working that hard. Yeah. And, like you said, like, if they had to earn everything, then, like, you have to earn everything. And so you can tell that translates to football for you, for sure. Definitely. I heard a little secret
0: oh, <laughs> here we go.
1: So saying that you grew up in Texas, do you know Post Malone? Yeah. How do you know Post Malone?
0: So I live in Colleyville. So let's just put it. Colleyville's here. Grapevine's here. Split by a highway. Mm-hmm. There are rivals. Post went to Grapevine. I went to Colleyville. So he's my brother's great. Post Malone. I didn't know him like personally at that level when I was in high school, like I didn't, whatever. Like I've met him a couple times, but it wasn't like that, but he made music and he was like a producer at the time. And he was like a rapper, rapper.
1: This is going exactly where I wanted it
0: to go. Yeah, so, so this is a, this is the crazy thing. He was making beats and like me and my best friend, Nick, uh, he was just out here too uh, with the fights with me and everything, but me and Nick rap, like we made our own music full-blown 20-song mixtapes and we're selling them at school what and post was the rapper at Vibe, like one of the bigger rappers but he was making beats and everything so we like our second mixtape we made post made like four beats on that mixtape i swear to god can
1: like, people dig this up like can they no. so it's <laughs> i mean no. that means yes that they can but so it's, yeah, it's you crazy. it's you rapping on his beats
0: yes my it was me and my brother you my have mixtapes oh yeah multiple
1: were they well i guess because like you don't really know what like have you ever seen a cassette tape
0: <laughs> yes of course <laughs> if i'm not that a whole day so you mean no, yeah we had cds like we had we went to the store bought a bunch of cds and bulk. like blank CDs. yeah just did our thing but that's the thing like we we fully like love making music that's how me and nick became like best friends and
1: do you screened. still make music do you still rap
0: I still rap, but I don't, like, I don't have a studio. That's something I want to do. I mean, it's like, so I'm funny just... you
1: should say that because we're, like, in a
0: studio. I know. I know. I need to. Can I'm, you like,
1: pick three things in this room and make a rap?
0: Do you want me to freestyle <laughs> right now? I'm not yeah. going to freestyle. I'm going I'm I'm to keep that brand But I, <laughs> I have freestyles out there. You can look on internet. Okay. They're out there. So All right. I might be a little explicit, but, yeah, I love making music, and I still, like, to this day, like, Every week, I'll send one in the car to my group chat to all my boys, and like I'll just put out a beat and just freestyle. And who's I loved it.
1: who's in your group chat? Is it like people that you went to high school with?
0: Um, no, it's like uh, it's like all my closest friends. Like we went to San Diego for the bachelor party, and it's like that group. Like it's my best friends from Eastern, my best friends from high school, my brother, my cousins, and like yeah, we're just a you know big big family. But we yeah we have quite the conversations. And yeah class.
1: so you send them stuff that you you make currently
0: yeah just like I'll put out a random beat and just freestyle you know my biggest claim to fame out of everything is I won the best musician my senior year in high school so
1: that's what you're most that's, proud. that's
0: my most proud you know prize possession for sure
1: I mean that is that is cool though that you're like you have a creative side and you are into sports like yeah. that's you know I love that that you have like multiple hobbies yeah for sure I'm trying to think of like how how I can ask this. When you and Post Malone, when y'all were battling back and forth, did you know that like you were the top at your school and he was like the top? I feel like I smell a documentary coming
0: no. in. <laughs> no, it wasn't like we weren't like competing like that. It was like there was like a couple groups of kids. Like when my brother was older, he was like him and his buddies rap. So like when we were younger in high school, I was like a sophomore. And me and my boys we were like that's gonna be us. We looked up to them and we're like. They were the big football players and they rapped and stuff. So we want to take it to the next level. So we did that. And then Post was making music and like we would have little concerts like and Post would be there and a couple other guys from around the area. We just like it was fun. And we hated Grapevine though, like when it came to football. Yeah. In the schools. Like it was real beef. So it was different. But yeah, Post was cool as hell. Like me and Post still talk. Like I got his number. We FaceTime this year during the season. Like and I hadn't been able to talk to him in years. And like we had something in Vegas scheduled a couple of years ago. We we're supposed to do something together, like a cool event. It got canceled. Like, we've been trying to link for a while, but we finally got to talk. And, like, it was so cool because he's like, man, I've been locked in watching these for years now, bro. And I'm like, bro, you have no idea. What like, a cool a legend, moment. Bro. So, yeah, it's cool. He's, he's a great dude.
1: And especially that y'all came from the same hometown.
0: Literally right down the street from me. He's crazy. How are you liking Las Vegas? I love it. I love it. I've been there three years. I literally want to stay here for for a long the time. The
1: heat doesn't bother you?
0: The heat sucks. I'm not <laughs> gonna lie. Like I need chapstick, gum, all times. But besides that, it's, uh, it's amazing. You know, everything's, it's like smaller than people think. Yeah. And you can do whatever. Like if you want to be a family man, be low key, like you can do that. If you want to go have fun, you can do that. It's all like right there. So I feel like it's the best of everything.
1: I feel like Texas, growing up in Texas too, lends itself to that. Like, I've been here for 12 years and we like I've seen this city when there was no sports teams at all. And it's like it sucks like because that's kind of what you do. Like growing up in Texas, you like go watch football games. So like when we got an NFL team here, I was like very excited. But also, it, you know, the the towns are a little smaller. Everyone kind of knows everyone's business. And like Vegas gets like that a little bit, you know, it's like. A little, a little big town kind of situation.
0: Definitely, yeah. Everybody knows each other for sure.
1: Totally. After high school, describe what happened. Like you got when you went to college and got your first offer.
0: Yeah, I uh, I got my offer from Eastern right before my senior year, so I hadn't even played defensive end at all. So I no got way. my offer. Yeah, it was crazy. Like I had that big growth spurt, and I went to an Eastern camp, and I was like, I'm originally from Michigan. They're D1. Like they were horrible at the time, but I was like, I just want a D1 offer. Like, that's all that matters. And I went there. I got the offer. Two weeks later, I committed. I got to play my senior year. I already knew I was going D1. Like, that's all that mattered to me. And uh, I went to Eastern, and, yeah, it was it was awesome. I loved my experience. I, I just went back a couple weeks ago and got to talk to the guys, and they, I they saw surprised that. You, me with the big ring of honor. Y- things,
1: yeah, but. so ex- explain that. What is that?
0: Yeah, so – um they have a ring of honor, obviously like every other school, but like for us, like you gotta either be an All-American or like have a have to be drafted and have a certain amount of years in the league, something like that. Um, but yeah, so they put me up and uh, it was crazy because I remember like being in practice, like you see the names up there, I'm like, I want to be on that. Like, I want to have my name up there and being the, you know, getting able to like walk up there and see it, it's like, it's the coolest thing ever. So yeah, that's definitely like one of my major big goals like that I wanted to get done. and you know, I had I got to check that off the list, so it was cool.
1: And then when you got drafted into the NFL, describe yeah. that experience.
0: It was incredible. You know, probably the most stressful weekend of my life. Um, I really didn't know where I was going to go. I was either, you know, it could have been day two, which is like the second round to the third round, or it could be day three. And day three is like four through seven. So, picture going faster, and you kind of, turns of the wild west like you don't know what's gonna happen like sweating bullets probably yeah so literally so i had my whole family there friends everybody oh my god day one i knew i wasn't gonna get drafted so i'm like okay that'll be chill day one goes by just round one next day day two you got second and third round i'm like i'm hoping okay maybe in the third round towards the end i might get drafted i got like news people at the crib i got everybody and i didn't get drafted on day two and I'm like I was I was about to freak out, but I was like this I'm leaving. I hopped in the car, I went to Burger King, ordered cheat meal and I smacked some Burger King. <laughs> and I'll never forget it. It's me and Rachel and I'm like,' we're, I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like'm I'm, I was so mad, but at the same time I'm like, I know Oakland's tomorrow, like my equipment you know, on my agent was telling me Gruden loves you, Mayoc, they love you. Whatever and they had one oh six and one oh nine, like early thir- early day three picks. And I literally I still have the tags I can show you, but I told my agent, I'm like, they Oakland better pull the trigger at one oh six, I swear to like going off and I got picked at one oh six the next day to Oakland. So yeah, it's crazy. But like just relief. Relief and it worked out. So it was dope.
1: And then what happened when you guys found out that you were moving to Vegas? Like what was the team like spirit like? was everybody like on the same page, like let's do it or people like, damn, we're gonna be like, cause like Oakland fans are (laughs) crazy. Like I've been on flights. I dated a guy that lived in San Francisco. So I'd fly into Oakland and like, we just drive across the bridge or whatever. But like on the way back to Vegas, if it was like game day or whatever, like those fans are out like the whole, I'm like, I'm just trying to go home and everyone's just like out of their seats, rowdy. I've never seen anything like it. So what was the, what was the overall feel like when you guys found out that you're coming to Vegas?
0: Yeah, so they already made the announcement before I got drafted. So you already knew. So I knew. Um, so, but I was excited that I got to spend a year in Oakland because, you know what I mean, like now the guys that get drafted, like they're Las Vegas Raiders, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But I got to really experience what being the Oakland Raider is. And it was different. Like the whole city was crazy. Like it's not like a normal city, you know, very well. Like Oakland is dangerous Yeah, in certain areas and like it's different. But I also loved it. Like the fans were incredible. Um I got to really be out, like, and do signings and be in the city and, like, be in different areas. And, like, they're so passionate. And, I, I'm, you know, even though there was ups and downs, it, was, it wasn't it was the easiest year. Like, that year was awesome, and I'll always appreciate it because, you know, it was the last year in Oakland. So, you know, I, I got a ton of love for Oakland. I want to go back again and go uh, do, like, a signing or something there. But, yeah, it's tough. You know, they're losing baseball now, too. It's just, like, it's Me- tough.
1: Meanwhile, it's tough. in Vegas, we're like just got Stanley Cup, and I, cause I feel like our our fans and our teams are like coming back out and like showing like people like want the teams here and we want the success, we want to succeed. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, do you how do you, do you like doing signings and appearances and when people recognize you? Are you like about that? Or are you kind of like more standoffish?
0: Uh, I'm not standoffish at all. You know, I I feel like I'm not you know I'm not that way because I had to earn it. It's like anything else. Like I was at Eastern Michigan. I have more like fans at my high school games than like my college home games. Like in Texas, we have 15,000 packed out every game, like Eastern early on, like there's nobody in the crowd. Um, Yeah, it was just different. So like, I always wanted to play and be in the position I am now. So like, doesn't matter, even if I walk through a casino, like a bunch of kids come out, like I'm gonna sign everything. Like there might be a moment, like I'm in emergency, I gotta get out of there where I don't sign something, but like, I'm trying to sign and take pictures with everybody because I appreciate and I'm grateful for where I'm at. Like, I feel like it's lame to just stand off some kids or like, you know what I mean? It could make their world. Like, they'll talk about that, meeting that one athlete and tell everybody they know. For sure. Forever, like, yeah, Max, they either have one impression, like, Max Crosby's the coolest man. Like, I want that to be, you know, what people say about me when I'm not in the room. I don't want them to be like, yeah, Max was, you know, he stiff-armed me and just didn't take a picture with me when I was a kid. Like. I'll never want to be that guy. And I, like, made that ode to myself, like, ever since I got in the league. Like, I'm going to go out and be in the community. I'm going to be with the kids. I'm going to do stuff with, you know, it doesn't matter if I show up and talk to people. Like, do stuff like what we did. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I want to do and just tap in and just show that I'm a human. I'm not just an athlete.
1: Well, speaking of, like, being human and an athlete, because you have your legends tattooed on you. Yeah. And I just saw on Instagram that someone got, was it your signature tattooed on them? Yeah. What is that like for you? <laughs> like, did you ever crazy. think when you were younger that one day people were going to be tattooing your name, your signature, your your number? Like, I've seen that too. People that have your number, your jersey number tattooed on them. Yeah. How, what does that feel
0: like? It's honestly, it's crazy. You know, I've seen, like I saw one last year, somebody put like their whole leg, like, a mural of me and my jersey and everything. Stein. Yeah, it's it's honestly nuts. And just seeing that just shows like I'm doing, I know I'm doing something right. Like, because at the end of the day, like everything matters. It's not just what I do on the field. It's like what I do for the people, like we just talked about, like they wouldn't just get anybody tatted on them or a signature tatted on them if I was like not a good person. But like, I try to do the, try to do the best I can do in everything I do. Like I want to be the best version of myself. And uh, I feel like, you know, fans feel that and like, when it comes to jersey sales and things like that. Like, there's a reason why I sell a lot of jerseys and stuff like that, because I'm not just a player. Like, I fully like am myself. I try to be myself at all times and try to, you know, just show love and give back. And that's, I feel like goes a long way.
1: Do you ever think there's gonna be a- an age or like a benchmark or something that you hit where you're like, I did it and I'm at my full potential? Or do you not think that way? You just try to get better than your, the, pr- the previous season?
0: Yeah, for me, it's literally a daily process. Like, I just focus on Monday. I worry about tomorrow when it gets there. But, like, you can see on my phone, like, I have a checklist every single day. I have a bunch of things I got to get done. Yeah, let's talk about
1: your routine. Like, what what does your morning look like? Like, Let's go through the whole day. Like, what do you do that's, like, super disciplined?
0: Yeah, so I'm up at 530. Um, I'm in the building by 6. I eat breakfast. I'm starting my workout at 630. I'm on the field warming up do my full you know, on the field stuff, it's probably an hour. And then I go in, do my full lift, do all that. And after that I got my recovery, I do massages, um, cold hot subs, all that. So like, I love starting early because I have so much time. I can get so much more done and like, and I could be there for five hours and I'll be done by 11 o'clock. You know what I mean? Like, totally,
1: so you get like, all the hard stuff out of the way at the beginning of the day and you yeah. just feel like you can do anything the rest of the day, you
0: know? like 100%. Yeah. 100%, and it just leaves, like if I get home and it's 11.30, 12 o'clock, now I have the whole rest of my day, so I use that to recover, I use that for meetings or stuff like this, like I have so much time, and like at the same time, I don't just go home and just sit down and do nothing, like I'm productive and I can, you know, I sit down and figure out ways, okay, I'm gonna have a business meeting with Michael Rubin, I'm gonna schedule that, like I got one on Wednesday, so that's a big deal for me, So. I'm going to make sure I'm done and getting everything out the way so I can just schedule it out. And I have, you know, my routine, which I do. And that's food as well. Like staying tapped in, doing everything at a certain time because like I'm at, I'm on the clock at all times. Like I'm gonna do this I at 5 I'm gonna do this at two. Like my food, I eat a breakfast at six, snack at 11, lunch at two, snack at four, dinner at 6.30 every day. Same thing. Perfect protein. Perfect,
1: Consistency like is yeah. key. And so do you, do you have someone cooking your meals for you?
0: Yes, I pay for meal prep through the team. So they do a great job. They work with me um, as far as, you know, what I need and how much protein, how many calories and all that.
1: How much protein do you consume, isn't it? supposed to be a gram for how much you weigh. So do you have
0: something like, yeah, I don't know. They have, like I have a nutritionist. He does all that and lays it out. He knows the science about everything, but I just know exactly what I need to eat. What's like
1: a, like, let's walk through some <laughs> meals. Yeah. Like what's like, what are you eating today?
0: I haven't even looked. Um, it's in my literally in my car. Right okay,
1: outside, what you, yeah. did you do yesterday?
0: <laughs> yesterday, it's usually it's the same thing. It's like either chicken, rice, vegetables. My snacks are like, like my early morning snacks are like something with a little bit more sugar. Like protein wise, it'll be like granola, chocolate, little bars or something like that. And then, you know, I'm always hydrating like crazy throughout the day. Um, but on top of it, it's like, yeah, it's like turkey, like turkey bison meat low all different type of you know high protein low fat type deals and then you know rice and veggies and things like that so it's pretty simple but they they you know it can get repetitive so like I communicate with them like listen I need to change this up or we need to add a different snack but like my p.m. snacks like at four like it looks like a full-blown meal (laughs) not supposed to be a snack but I'm just like trying to throw it down and then you know, I just got to make it work, but
1: I feel like you have to, you guys have to eat a lot. You probably burn so many calories, you know, out there practicing. And so that's what you guys are doing right now. You're like, you're still practicing before season starts. Is the training regimen the same now as it is during the season?
0: Uh, no, right now. So we finished OTAs a few weeks back. Um, so right now it's, we're technically off until July 25th. So for me, like I go with my my strength staff. Like I do this all through the Raiders. I got my strength staff, my nutritionist, my cooks, all that, like we have a full plan at the beginning of the off season. So I start January 30th and we go all the way to July 25th. And like, it's already planned out of exactly what I'm gonna do.
1: So you're like off, like you're not playing games, but like you're still, do people do that?
0: Some people do, some people are different. Like we don't even start OTAs at like mid April. So like season ends in January, you have like three months off.
1: It's basically, like, how seriously you take yourself.
0: Yeah. It's like, what do you want to get out of it? You get what you put into it. So, for me, like, season end January 15th, or, or no, it was January 11th, I start training January 30th, and I'm, I've am i been going for over six months now. i that.
1: But that's what makes you the best. 100%. So, let's talk about contracts. When you got drafted, you got your contract. Yeah. Do you... I mean I'm sure you know that this is like a thing that people talk about that like sometimes like there's these athletes and you guys are young yeah and you don't know how to like manage money all the way
0: yeah for sure
1: so describe like how do you keep yourself like in check is there somebody that manages that stuff for you kind of like with you know diet where you've got a cheat day is there like stuff where you're like you know this is going to be some stupid shit to buy but like yeah you're going to do it
0: (laughs) no that's a good point you know I feel like you know, the best advice I've gotten has just been, you know, from, obviously Shaq is like probably the biggest dude I look up to literally and figuratively, but like <laughs> just watching, you know, his interviews and stuff, that guy, like he talks about it all the time. And he's like, everybody in his circle is smarter than him, And like, that's what I tell the young guys, like you gotta keep your circle. Like people that are motivated and disciplined and have big aspirations and are successful, those are the people you want around you either an asset or a liability and like for me damn as far as you know finance you know finances and lifestyle and everything like that like there's either going to be people pulling you in your direction and like for me I'm going one way I have one vision I know exactly what I want and where I'm going and like if you don't fit into that and you don't understand what I'm doing like and I'm obsessive like I want I, I put everything into it it's hard for a lot of people to fit into that. So like, I got family, I got friends, I got a bunch of people that wanna be a part of what I have, but they don't fit into what I'm doing because they don't see what I do on a daily basis. They can't understand how I got to where I'm at, unless you really try to do what I'm doing. So like all the people around me, you know, when it comes to finances, like I have a financial advisor. I have a guy who's, you know, specializes in like private equity and like getting ownership in businesses and things like that. And that's something I'm really focused on right now, doing a lot of, a lot of things behind the scenes, but you know, just for me, my biggest advice is like, always know like your circle is what you're going to be. And so like, I, you know, this whole off season, like I've had to really cut people off and I've had to make hard decisions when it comes to the people around me, but it's been incredible. Like, like I said, like being around Dana and like being good, you know, me and Michael Rubin have been, you know, getting a lot closer. Like a lot of people like that, those, those are the people I want to be around because I want to be like those guys. Like I want to be doing that when I'm 50, you know what I mean? Not just sit at home. like. You know, scared to blow. You know, mess my money up. Just NFL money. Like I want to have money off the field and, and on the field. And
1: I see that so much, especially like being a publicist and having to book. You know, retired athletes in. Yeah. Like they, they blow through their money. Yeah, that's crazy. And so you it's
0: you gotta be smart.
1: It's cool that you recognize that so early on in your career. And then also, like you said, it's so much more to it than just you know, how much money you have. It's like the people you surround yourself with and yeah. boundaries has been, it's, it's a hard thing for anyone to learn, you know, especially for sure. family, you kind of grow up like, you know, that um, blood's thicker than water and, and, and that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't fit into where you're going, that just can't be the case. And it's, yeah. it's good that you're speaking on that because I feel like a lot of people feel like with family or, you know, people they've known for their whole lives that they're tied to people. when like sometimes boundaries will just save you more than anything,
0: you know? That's honestly, it's like the most revealing thing. Like, Like you said, like even with family or your close day one friends, like at the end of the day, when money comes into the conversation, like nobody's ever been around the type of money like that I've been able to make and I haven't either. So it's not like I went to school for business and I know everything I'm doing. That's why I talk about having people around me that know what they're doing. But at the same time, there's the people that were with you before you had it and Their whole relationship and way they act around is different, and like they don't understand like what it takes, and like they don't understand that money doesn't just last forever and it's unlimited money. And all right, I owe you this because you're my boy. Like, no, like I earned it myself. You were not there with me at five in the morning. You're not there right now when I'm up at five in the morning. Like, for me, I've earned everything I've gotten, and so I take it really serious. And like, that's another thing I didn't say, but like, you gotta have a budget. You gotta have people you trust. You gotta know as far as stocks and bonds and certain businesses you're you know, you're getting in on, like you gotta have super educated people around you because there's a lot of people that'll point you in the wrong direction and just want a piece of what you got, but you get screwed in the end. You've seen so many players go through, you know, horror stories and it's like for me it's a lot of pressure. Like I'm twenty five years old, I got millions of dollars and like I wanna do it the right way. I wanna live you know, I wanna have longevity, I wanna do all the things that I dream of. And like I'm trying to do more and just educate myself. And that's, you know, that's something I like, I'm a college dropout at the end of the day. I'm still haven't finished school. And like, I'm just learning like, and I don't think that matters, you know, finishing college, you know, I'm not gonna put that out there to everybody, but like, for me, like, I didn't feel like that really helped me for me. It's like real life experiences, getting around dudes that really know business and really have relationships and learning from them. That's how I've learned everything I know. And it's, it's huge.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. There's a, when I have to interview people when we're hiring, like, I don't ever look to see if someone has a college degree. Yeah. I care about like when they show up, how they are interacting with me and my and my team. Yeah. Um so like having that positive attitude and, and being a self-starter. Um, like I've never once called, you know, someone if they do have their degree, I've never called the college and asked for their transcripts. Yeah. You know what I mean? No,
0: that's real though.
1: Because like it matters to me if you like want to figure it out and if you have street smarts and like just everything that you just said, I totally agree with. Yeah. So with that and, and it sounds like you've got, you know, everything like laid out and, and organized as far as your finances go. But like, let's give the people what they want to hear.
0: <laughs> let's see what, doing.
1: <laughs> what is one stupid thing that you bought where you like knew it? Like you were like, this <laughs> is really of- stupid, but like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm buying this.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> so now I'll, I'll give you the, you know, the nowadays update and then it'll make sense. Okay. But like, I'm really into watches. That's something like big as far as investments. Like as far as assets, it's a good thing to have, especially if you know the the watch market and like they hold value. You know what I mean? You gotta have paperwork, you gotta have boxing, you gotta have everything assured, like that it's you know, on point and authentic and whatever. But when I first got in the league, like I was like, I'm get- I don't care what it is, the second I get that check, I'm getting a bust down Rolex with a blue face. I don't care. All flooded with diamonds, which is stupid because it's literally ruining the watch and putting diamonds in it. <laughs> but I got a crazy, like it, it wasn't that crazy looking back, but like it was just flooded diamond watch and I got like a pinky ring with it and I thought it was the <laughs> coolest thing ever and I just blew, basically burned that money uh, buying that. But I told myself like, I don't care what happens. I bought that before I bought a house or a car or anything. I was love like, that. this crazy diamond Rolex. I don't even have it. I traded it in years ago. No,
1: I was just about to ask yeah, live You kept it. Long
0: I have no idea where it's at, but <laughs> yeah, I traded it in, and uh, I got all plain. If that's another thing, as far as investments, like good plain watches, they hold value. It's like the stock market. The last five years, I believe, five to ten years. Don't quote me on it, but it's either five to ten. Uh, it's done better than real estate. The the Rolex business. So like, as far as going up and hold value, it's like it's done really well. So,
1: my dad is a numismatist, which not a lot of people know what that is, but <laughs> he buys, sells, and trades and grades rare coins. Okay. But it's like it's also jewelry and, and watches and that like oh. industry. A really like funny story that I have is he one time he had a Rolex that he just you know didn't want anymore. I don't know if he like sold it, traded it, or whatever. And he said I was in high school, and he said next time you're boyfriend, I was dating this guy for like three years. He's like, mm-hmm. next time he does something nice for you, give him this. And at the point it was like probably a $3,500 watch or something. Yeah. Um, Cause that's how he gets everything like wholesale. You know, that's the yeah. point. And he didn't do anything nice for me. And it had been like a few months. My dad was like, <laughs> did you like give him that watch? And I'm like, no, you like didn't do anything nice. And so that's why I broke up with him. And then my dad let me keep the watch nice. and trade it myself. That's dope. So I took the money and I went to San Francisco yes, <laughs> and I bought dope. like a ton of, like <laughs> just went shopping and it was ridiculous, but, but anyway, that's true. Like watches do hold value. I can definitely verify that.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Are there any charities that you work with? I see you doing a lot of stuff with kids.
0: Yes, I do a lot of stuff with kids, um, but also I'm big into pitbull pit bull rescue. Um, I got three pit bulls myself. I love them, the best dogs. Uh, so yeah, I'm big in that community. I work up, you know, I work with Stand Up for Pitts Foundation. I do a lot of things with them, charitable work, giving back. Uh, whether it's paying for surgeries, things like that, helping dogs get into foster care, like different things like that. But I'm starting my own foundation. It's gonna be the Max Crosby Foundation. Uh, we're gonna tap into all different type of stuff from animal rescue to um, addiction awareness, uh, all different types of stuff. We're covering all type of grounds, but. It's coming out soon and uh, we're, we're, you know, we're trying to get it rolling before camp starts. So yeah, I'm fired up about it.
1: And like any fundraisers on the horizon or is that like part of the plan for that?
0: Yeah, there's a ton of stuff. Like we just, you know, we've been having a lot of meetings and we're getting everything in line. And like, I've shared a lot of my ideas and what I want to do. And, you know, even, you know, back home in Michigan or in Texas, like I got a lot of things I want to do and hope, you know, give back. So that's something that's really important to me is giving back because I feel like at the end of the day, like it all comes back, you know, twofold. And I feel like doing things right, like even if it's the smallest thing from like going to a restaurant and having a waitress, like I don't care what restaurant, I don't care if I pay 10 bucks for a meal, like I'm tipping 500 bucks every time.
1: Do you really?
0: Every time. Stop. I went, I swear to God, but it's like, I have the ability to do it, but I, I love it because the reaction is like, I love Very the reaction quick. every single time. And like, I don't know what that waitress is going through. Like I just went back to Eastern and this waitress, she was I think forties or fifties. And I paid out like a $10 meal and I tipped her 500 bucks. And like, she reached out to me on Instagram was like, you literally made my world. And like, little things like that is what it's all about. And Like, it could be a waitress who's 18 years old. Like that 500 bucks is like, that's know, It's like a watch. Yeah. It's literally the same thing. So like, I really try to, no matter what it is, I always try to tip a wage, you know, at restaurants, at least 500 bucks, sometimes even more. But yeah, that's something I love doing.
1: I was just about to say like you're such a good dude but like I also don't want it to seem like just because you're giving people 500 bucks that that's what makes you a good dude like this whole conversation is like I mean you're just dialed in like I like I knew it from the moment that I met you that you were but just everything that you've said in this conversation like you're so you're smart with your money you're like 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 you said it's like anything that you're gonna do you're gonna give it 100% and I can tell and I think I mean everyone's excited to see you on the field this season for sure like that's gonna be great especially after this conversation
0: yeah i'm fired up we got two weeks till camp so yeah I'm, I'm fired up i appreciate you having me on everything was incredible yeah and yeah for me i just want to get back and and do right and be the best version of myself that's all i try to do on a daily basis
1: well i'm so glad that you took the time to come in here tell everybody where they can find you
0: instagram twitter um twitter's at crosby max instagram at max crosby two x's um, are
1: you active on Twitter I haven't looked
0: yeah I'm active on Twitter. are you yeah a little bit
1: um, can we do a giveaway with one of your jerseys
0: absolutely let's, let's do it, it.
1: okay absolutely. so in order to enter please make sure that you're following Max Crosby on Instagram oh, yeah. and Neon Confidential on Instagram comment when we post this your favorite part of today's episode and that will be how you can be entered to win a Max Crosby signed jersey thank you so much for coming in this is such a good conversation
0: Absolutely. Thanks so much. I appreciate it.